Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Do you know when faith is tested? When it doesn't look like it's going right. You know, sometimes people think, and I know through the years I've experienced this with, with uh, just being in what they call the Word of Faith camp. You know, they have names for everything. I just, you know, assume it's just believing God in what He said. But, you know, labels get put on things. Brother Hagin used to say to us, you know, people think if they get a hold of faith, life will be flowery beds of ease. He said, they haven't been listening to me. The reason why we have faith is to overcome. Amen? That's why we have faith. And people say, well, everything's going pretty good for me. You know, I haven't had any real problems. I'm not a prophet. But I can tell you this. The Lord said, be of good cheer because you're going to have trouble in this life, but be of good cheer because you're going to overcome it. Because he's overcome it. Amen? And so it is vital, not just like, I I wish I could put this in people. I wish I could just open your head and just get it in there, Lord. Do it. It is vital. That you know the word. Because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. And how many realize this? Your enemy is real. And he is effective at stealing, killing, and destroying. But Jesus. And the power of the resurrection. Is effective. At dispensing life. And life more abundantly. Storms are designed to distract you from Jesus. They're designed to steal faith and steal the seed of the Word of God. And if you have a record playing in your mind or a path working in your mind daily of the enemy's works... It's got to be changed. And we're talking about repentance. And don't think I have changed subjects because I haven't. Now, I've gotten off my notes, but that's just because this is by inspiration. This is still repentance. Now, we've looked at repentance, and we have a definition of it. One of the primary things about repentance is that the word metaneo has the word noose in it, which means mind, which means a primary portion of repentance has to do with the mind. And you're thinking. So in the midst of trial, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of difficult situations, I know Brother Hagin said this to us years ago. I was actually listening to a CD about this, uh, on this. I have this going in my car just all the time, every time I'm in there. And he's talking about casting your cares over on the Lord. And he said this, he basically said, if you can't rejoice when things aren't going good, you're not going to be able to succeed with the Lord. Now listen to me very carefully. I did not say you weren't going to heaven. 
There are grace, there was a grace dispensed that puts you in. How many here have received Jesus? You know he's your Lord and Savior. Let me tell you, let me help you with something. You're gonna have one hard time not making heaven. I mean, you'd really have to get after it. You say, what do you mean I'd have to sin like 40 times a day? No, 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 no. You'd have to deny Christ. And even a, even a carnal Christian who lives out of their flesh, most of the time, will not deny Christ as their Savior. Even if they're living in just nasty stuff, you know what I mean? Just pig filth. You're going to have a hard... That... that sealing of the blood and body of Jesus and your faith and the sealing of the Holy Ghost inside of you, your vacuum sealed. It is tight, tight, tight stuff. It cannot be taken from the outside in. It has to be removed from the inside out. You're sealed. People go, well, I don't know about that. I know some people that are pretty bad. In comparison to who? You? please enlighten us about all your good works that are keeping you saved. That's not how it works. If any level of good works could have gotten you into heaven, there is no need for Jesus to come. Think of the law like a window, okay? Your windshield. How many got a good windshield? No chips in it, no nothing. (laughs) One pebble hits that window, and now it's got a crack in it. Think of the law like that windshield. One chip, one miss, and you can't be saved under the law. Jesus came and he said, don't commit adultery. It's one of the laws, right? Don't commit adultery, right? Don't, don't, take your, don't go to the neighbor's wife because you have your own. Amen? Well, at least half the people agree. <laughs> it's a good thing you came, Lord. <laughs> and then Jesus took it to another level. He said, you religious people, if you've committed adultery in your heart, huh? Well, you know, I'm pretty good. Well, how about your thoughts? See, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need the blood. Amen? I'm not condoning sin. Sometimes people think, oh, he's good. we can do whatever we want. We're under grace. Are you stupid? Don't answer that question unless it's a no. All right? No. You open the door to the devil when you, when you, when you live in sin. Amen? And so we don't want to do that. In repentance, we're changing how we think. So we're changing the way we live. We're changing the way we operate. And sometimes when truth comes, even though we laugh about some of these things, it goes, oh, 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 hey, hey, I got to watch out for that. Not because I'm going to lose my salvation, but because that's not who I was born to be. If you don't like the first way you were born, get born again. (laughs) right yeah i don't like the first way it was done i'm i got born again jesus is so that's our first 
portion. That's our first, we get in right there. That was the first level of repentance when you finally said, Lord, I, I cannot, I am not doing this well on my own. I keep screwing it up, you know. The, all the self-help in all the world will never help without the resurrection within. There is no real help without a changed nature first. People say, oh no, I know successful people that have gone through all these, all of, uh, who's that motivational speaker guy, the Tony something? He, Robbins, is that his name? I've gone through all those and I'm, I, you know, I eat the right meals, I exercise daily, I have, uh, I have a lot of money, my family seems to be doing pretty good, but without Jesus, you're still headed to hell. And there are secret things going on inside of people that nobody else knows about, but the Lord knows, He knows, He knows. He sees it. He knows. People say, well, it's not fair, I was born this way. We were all born this way. Fair has nothing to do with it. If you want to go by fair, was it fair that Jesus died for you? <laughs> oh, I love this. Why? Because we're arguing against the spirit of Antichrist. We're bringing forth the light of truth, and it's demolishing the darkness. <laughs> and we don't even have to be the power. We're not the power. He is. We just release it by faith. Sometimes people, they think, well, I'm going to just try it my way. Okay. I'm not telling you you can't. You're a free moral agent. You can do what you want. But I'll just, how many would like to, by show of hand, let the people that are going to try it their way, it, it, advise them it's not, a bad, it's not a good idea? Okay, I have a few witnesses with me. So you say, what do you mean by that then, preacher? I'm saying this, you better hear the word and repent. You say, what do you mean by repent? Well, let's read our definition of repentance. True repentance lies in the mind, not in the emotions. It's not the same as a fleeting sorrow for past actions. Rather, it is a solid intellectual decision to turn about face, take a new direction, and revise the, patterns of, the pattern of one's life. Now, that statement right there is huge. What do you mean by re revise the pattern of one's life? Well, once your nature is changed spiritually, you know you have a life pattern. Some people's life pattern is complaining. I'm talking about believers. You know, Christians. The little Christs. <laughs> believers. I'm talking about Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, Lutheran. Put a brand on it. I don't care. You believe Jesus is the Savior. But when you repent, you begin to change what you say. You begin to change how you operate. You don't just wake up in the morning and let the first feeling hit you and go, oh, this is what my day's going to be. You wake up in the morning with a repentant attitude. You say, what do you mean by that? See, a lot of times people think, well, i got to repent because, you know, I keep stealing from my neighbor. Well, you should repent of that, okay? <laughs> but repentance is more than just, it, it covers more than just the sins we think we know. It's a change of life. It, it is those silly bracelets that came out years ago. WWJD. 
And it's not, what would Jack Daniels do? (laughs) We came up with all sorts of names outside of that. (laughs) WWJ, what would Jesus, when, when, when a situation arises, what would Jesus do? How would he respond? Would Jesus weep with those who weep? Yes, he would. Would Jesus rejoice with those who rejoice? Oh, my goodness. Do you know there's a lot of people that will weep quickly, but they won't rejoice quickly? I'm talking about in the church. No, there's a, there's a, in, in repentance, there's a relinquishing of the way I used to do things. There's a relinquishing of the way I thought before I was saved. There's a relinquishing of the way I walked before I was saved. There's a relinquishing of the way I talked before I was saved. And now I'm going to go ahead and adjust. I'm going to make an about face. I'm going to go ahead and turn a new direction in my thought, in my word, in my action, in my money, in my marriage, in, with my kids, with my house, with my vehicle, with my stuff. And I'm going to shift in a new direction. And now this new direction is empowered by the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to go ahead and let the kingdom of heaven flow through me to somebody else. I'm going to love a sinner even though they hate me. Oh, you can't tell those people that they can't live that way. You can't. You can't. We live in a culture. How many are aware of the cancel culture? But you know this, we're not going to win them by just law. Why don't you buy the transgender's coffee? I wanted a few more amens on that one. (laughs) Why don't you buy the homosexual's coffee and, and extend heaven a spirit of redemption to them in the midst of their darkness? Well, they won't receive it. They'll never forget it. You'll release heaven. There'll be a seed planted, and the holy hound of heaven, the Holy Ghost, will be working on them 24-7. Now, why did that preacher, why did that Christian, why did that believer, that person that supposedly they told me hates me, pay for my coffee? Why did they do what they did? Why did they pray for my healing? You know what we want to do naturally? Oh, you picked a lifestyle. Go ahead and live in it. Let me help you with something. How many picked a lifestyle wrong before Jesus? How many had side effects? How many had Jesus heal you? I did. And God, I'm so thankful God didn't look down at me and go, (laughs) that's a hard bed, ain't it, boy? (laughs) In fact, Lord, it is. He said, well, here's a mattress. (laughs) This one's better. Come to my side. Glory to God. Repentance took place. A change. We saw last week that God will use sorrow, his godly sorrow, which produces repentance. I don't want to go into this, but I'm just going to hit it. I want to just touch it for just a second. Worldly sorrow, or worldly, yeah, worldly sorrow produces what? You guys remember? Godly sorrow produces repentance, right? But worldly sorrow produces what? It produces death. It produces death. So you say, what is worldly sorrow? A somebody who's unrepentant makes excuses. 
They don't make changes. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, it's not my fault. Do you know how I was raised? Nobody in this life has been raised perfectly. Now, some people have had better homes than others. Would you agree? But how many know this? We still need a Savior. And if I use the excuse of my circumstances not to follow and repent and submit to God, all I'm doing is saying, God, it's not my fault, it's this situation fault, and you're not God, and I'm not going to follow you. See, what people think is they think they'll be able to go before God and in their natural thinking, and then the devil deceives them. They think they'll be able to stand before God and go, see, I couldn't follow you because look how bad it was. And Jesus will point to the cross and go, you could have because look how bad it was. When people make statements like that, all they're doing is being unrepentant. That's it. They're just saying, no, I don't want to submit to God. And I'm going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to put some frosting on it of Mike didn't treat me right. I went to church and Mike was mean to me. And so Jesus must be mean. Now, I'm going to make a statement. Some of you will like it. Some of you won't. But you think about it. When I was in the Assemblies of God a few years ago as a youth pastor, it's more than a few, <laughs> they decided that they wanted to come out with arguments on how to be a good Christian, and they wanted to use Gandhi. Gandhi. You know who Gandhi is, right? He's the guy that starved himself almost to death so that they'd quit fighting. He's kind of a guru dude. I don't even know what his religion is, to be honest. But how many have seen the movie of Gandhi, about Gandhi, and different things like that? And so Gandhi's argument for not being a Christian was Christians. Which I agree to a degree. We should be a light and salt. But Gandhi didn't reject Christ because of Christians. He rejected Christ. If Gandhi would have studied, now, I don't know whether Gandhi's in heaven or not. I don't know what he did in the last few breaths, okay? And, and what they were doing in the Assembly of God, in these youth camps and different things, they were trying to motivate people, you know, to be, to be a witness, to be a light, to, to shine forth Christ and, and do better, which is good. There's nothing wrong necessarily with that. But all Gandhi told me was is that he went to hell. Amen. You say, How? Because he made a decision to judge Christ based on people. Christ is Christ. His work stands. Jesus didn't say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Unless the Christians don't represent me well, then I stop being it, and it's okay to do whatever you want. That's a lack of what? Repentance. It's a lack of faith. There's a lack of repentance. They're rejecting what Jesus said, and taking their experience and exalting it above what Jesus said. So what has not taken place? Repentance. So let's look at this. Let's, let's answer this question this morning. How do I repent? And I want to give you a few examples of repentance. Luke chapter 19, verse number 2. How many have heard of Zacchaeus the wee little man? How many were raised in Sunday school? Yeah, did, you, did you have to sing that song? Zacchaeus was a what? Wee little man, a wee little man was he. Yep. Hey, you guys are good. <laughs> Too bad you can't hear online, but you know. 
Zacchaeus was a short dude. Luke chapter 19, verse number 2 says this, Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Somebody say rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd, and he was of short stature. So don't feel bad if you're short. There's hope for you. Okay. Verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a what? Sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. So what do we know about repentance? It's about change, right? Zacchaeus was rich, very rich, right? He's very rich. Do you think he climbed trees on a regular basis? He could pay somebody to climb the tree. Rich, rich men. <laughs> this, I'm going to say, I'm going to narrow it down to just him, just for the sake of everybody. This rich, short man probably had some pride. How many have seen, uh, you know, like a jacked up, really big truck? And then you see this little guy get out of it. And you want to say, are you compensating for something? <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. Okay, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> so by these actions, what do I know is taking place? There's a repentance going on. There's a change going on. In other words, in all of Zacchaeus' wealth, and we know from Scripture he was a chief tax collector, that means he wasn't just a tax collector, he was over the tax collectors. So how many know this, that in Jewish history, and we know at that time, that the tax collectors, those that were, they were totally despised by the Jews, they were Jews, but they made a lot of money compared to the everyday Jew. Well, if you're the chief tax collector, you make even more. You make even more. So he had a lot of money. He could have, he could have said, he could have ran up to Jesus and said, I'm going to give so much to your ministry. Why don't you come to my house? He could have paid somebody to spy on Jesus. He didn't have to do it himself. He could have done a lot of things, but we see here that he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see who Jesus was. Why? Because he had heard about Jesus and something had began to change in him. There was a decide, there was information that came to him that was different than what he understood about God before. And now all of a sudden he's pondering these thoughts, he's pondering these spirit realities, these truths, and they're operating within him and they're beginning to change how he operates. That's what repentance is. So we see here the beginning stages of how to repent. Zacchaeus is adjusting how he would normally act because of his desire to see Jesus. Have you adjusted how you normally act? He didn't allow pride to stop him from see seeing Jesus. A very rich man doesn't climb a tree to see someone. This shows me that Zacchaeus is, be is beginning to have a heart change. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must, have, I must stay at your house. So he did what? He looked down at Jesus and said, I'm a rich man. I do whatever I want. I don't need your religion, preacher. No, he didn't do that, did he? That would be unrepentance. 
What did he do? He, 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 he what? Instantly. Heard the words of Jesus. What's he doing? We're going to my house now. He made what? Haste. Repentance makes haste. The moment you see, oh, I'm in the wrong place right now. Boom, you turn, you go. Those are not the words that I should be speaking. This is not the attitude that I should be holding. I'm going a new direction. I'm acting, right now, I am not acting out of my spirit nature. I'm acting out of my flesh nature. I'm going a new direction. And you make haste, you make adjustment, you turn, you hear the word of the Lord, and you go this way, this way, this way. (laughs) Verse 7, but when they saw it, they all complained. Verse 6, I'm going to read verse 6 again. So he made haste and came down and received him what? That's repentance. You know, people say, they're going to preach the word again. You got to go to church again? I'm tired. <laughs> How has your way of doing it turned out? If you bake a cake and you put too much of one ingredient, yeah, baking soda, <laughs> I know that's the thought I had baking soda in it, and you go to eat it, it doesn't matter how good it looks. How many have had too much baking soda in something? It's like, what happened? (laughs) So how does your life taste? How's it tasting? Are you one that tastes it and goes, and you made the cake, by the way? <laughs> who, who made this cake? You look around, there's, you're the only one in the kitchen. <laughs> Baking soda gnomes came. No, if you don't like how it's going, Why? Repentance. Amen? Have you ever walked around your yard? How many, how many have done, I've done we, we put, how many notice we put a fence out here? Do you know one of the main reasons I put a fence out there? Because the neighbor's dog does not stay in his fence. And he drops mines. Now, after every single service, everyone, we check the gates. After the head usher checks the gates. You say, why? Because you all have kids. <laughs> and they go and open the gates. And what do kids do? Do kids go, stop. When they're all running around playing, you guys come back. We forgot to shut the gate. You, you know we're all supposed to shut the gate. Now, I'm not blaming your kids. I don't, I don't, okay, we just shut the gate. Do you know how many toys I find out there when we're mowing the lawn? We found a velociraptor last, this last Friday. I don't even know whose it is, but it's in the lost and found. It almost got weed-eated. 
If, if we leave the gate open, if I leave the gate open, and the dog comes into the backyard over here and poops, whose fault is it? Mine, because I left the gate open. So what do I need to do? This is so simple. Repent. <laughs> Shut the gate. I can't go in there and go, step in dog poop and go, how did this happen? <laughs> Who left the gate? I left the gate open. Amen? So repentance is this way. I know sometimes, like, how could it get much simpler? If you don't like so much baking soda in what you're eating, reduce it. <laughs> Read the instructions again. It probably said teaspoon, not tablespoon. <laughs> Amen. All right? It's, it's simple like that. Every subject in here is that way. People say, well, my peace level's low. Why? Why? We have got to get past, in spiritual growth, we have got to get past feeling sorry for ourselves. Yes. It has got to stop. Yes. <laughs> we, we must stop self-pity. Do you know that Peter, actually before Jesus went to the cross, I think it was Peter, actually told him, made a statement to the effect of, you know, oh no, Lord, feel sorry for yourself. You don't have to do that. And he got rebuked. Self-pity is, is, is it's, it's so demonic. I'm not saying you're demonic. I'm saying it's birth from Satan. Don't take it. So Zacchaeus, what did he do? He, he came, made haste. He came down and received Jesus joyfully. And then all the religious people, when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Yes. I mean, that should make you excited. Yes. Come on, I'm not a Jew. I wasn't in. I'm talking about natural birth. I was not in. I'm only in by faith. I am so thankful Jesus said, let's eat with the sinners. Yes. Amen. But Zac then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, so this is, this is after, uh, after he had received him. Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone but, uh, by false accusation, I restore fourfold. What is that? That's repentance. People say, well, uh, you know, if I, went, if I came to the Lord and he asked me to give half of what I owned, I don't know if I could do that. Okay, so what you own is your God, not Jesus. People say, are you going to take up an offering? <laughs> no. I would never go to somebody and go, you're to sell everything you have and give it to me. If that happens in a church service with you, leave. It's a false prophet. Amen? What I'm saying here is, is there's been such a repentance, a change of heart within Zacchaeus that what? He now is like, Anything, Lord, it's yours. 
I give you my words. I give you my money. I give you my house. I give you my kids. I give you my family. I give you everything. It's yours. My life is now yours. Amen. That's repentance. Mark chapter 1, verse number 14. Now after John was in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, there it is, right? And believe in the gospel. Glory to God, believe in the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is God's not mad at you. He's not trying to kill you. If he wanted you dead, you'd be dead. I'll just tell you that right now. How many of you know this, that if God needed to wipe somebody out, he generally could get it done? Okay, he doesn't even have to get up off his throne. And people say, well, why have I made it this far? So that you could receive Jesus. God is good to you. People say, yeah, but bad things have happened. Yeah, but you're still here. And God's still reaching out to you. And he's still declaring the gospel, which is the gospel means the too good to be true good news. You say, what is good news? Good news is 2 Corinthians 5.17. And through 21, it's that God is not imputing or holding against you your trespasses. He laid them on Jesus so that you could receive his righteousness. Do you know God is not mad at you? People say, you don't know what I've done. You're not seeing what he's done. He is not mad at you. Boy, I wish I could do the same thing. Lift your head up and dump it in. You, and people say, well, yeah, but it doesn't seem, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like that's the case. I know, you're in a fallen world. The spirit of Antichrist is operating 24-7 to condemn, to, to, uh, uh, to ridicule you, to point out all your mistakes, to point out all your faults, to, to show you your unworthiness so that you'll be afraid to go to God because you know, I can't get there on my own. One of the greatest truths I ever discovered was, I'm not getting there on my own. I'm not getting, I will never get there on my own. I have placed my whole trust over on Jesus. I am counting that the blood and body of Jesus Christ is enough to get me into heaven and is enough to function and operate in my life here on earth. I'm not doing it by my works. And people say, we we should have good works. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Works of earning or works because you have it? Because that's the difference. How many good things can you do on your own? (laughs) And, and, And let me help you with another level just to make it a little more solidified. That God would accept according to his standard. It is by grace through faith. When you rest in God's love for you, you'll live more holy on accident than you ever did on purpose. You will. People say, how could it be that way? Because it's his power working through you. It's his control working through you. Extend faith to him. Extend faith to him. Reject the idea. People say, well, I, got a, I had a man tell me this one time. I was preaching on the street, and we were getting people born again. This was here in Billings. And he said, 
And I started sharing Jesus with him. He starts crying, just crying. This is a young guy, probably in his early 20s, maybe in his late teens. And he's like, I can't do it. And I said, why? I'm thinking, I got one. You know, usually if you got them snotting by sharing Jesus, you know you're getting somewhere with them. And he said, I can't do it. I said, what do you mean you can't do it? He goes, I got to clean some stuff up in my life. Wrong! Wrong! What do I know now? I'm dealing with a religion, not a relationship. You can do nothing other than believe in the grace of God to be born again. Nothing. It'll make you rest. You'll quit trying, well, Lord, I did this today, and are you pleased? And I did this today, and are you pleased? He's pleased with Jesus. (laughs) And I'm in him. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you. I could almost run on that one. (laughs) Verse 16. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately what? Left their nets and followed him. What is that? That's repentance. That's how you repent right there. Verse 19, when he had, excuse me, when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called to them, and he said, and, and they left their uh, father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. They just quit the family business. You know, people, you know how many people have told me they'll go into ministry? They know they're called. They'll go into ministry when all their debts are paid. Well, when I get my family where they're supposed to be, well, I can't do it right now because they know, I didn't go up to them and go, thus saith the Lord, you're called to the ministry. And I know the Lord has different plans for different people, I get it, but I'm talking about specific people that knew they were supposed to go, they were on a path, this was before they ever had kids, before they had anything, they were at Bible college with me. And they knew they were called to minister. There was an anointing upon their life. I sat under them when they ministered and preached. I sensed the anointing upon their life. And they haven't done it till today. Because they're waiting for the big break. What is the big break? The Zebedee boys got it right. You leave your parents if you have to. Oh, I didn't even get a grunt. Let me help you with something. (laughs) If you're going to fully repent, you can't let your family decide what you do. Now, I'm not talking about if you're in faith kids in here. You're going to let your parents decide or it's going to hurt. Okay? (laughs) So I'm talking about once you're an adult and you know how to hear from God, you don't let anybody decide for you except for the Lord. Now, you can receive godly counsel, but if you're... You know, I know people that quit Bible college because they ate better food at home. You've got to be kidding me. I know, I heard stories of people who, because they had to walk in gravel to go to the classes, they quit school because it was ruining her nice shoes. Wear crummy shoes in the gravel. 
and then put on your pretty ones when you get in the building. <laughs> Come on, can you imagine that on Judgment Day? So why did you quit Bible college, the Lord says? <laughs> well, my shoes were getting ruined in the gravel. How many know that at that moment, it's not going to seem like that big of a deal? <laughs> Repentance leaves everything behind. Here's a commentary on this. We're almost done. Jesus found James and John working with their father, mending their nets the future, uh, for future use. Several details indicate that Zebedee, their father, operated a small fishing business. First, they were frequently identified by their father's name, so they had some clout, which might indicate that Zebedee was better known than his sons. But this alone was, is not unusual. However, the word ship talking about the ship that they had there, is usually used of a vessel large enough to carry several men. So this wasn't like, you know, an, a single man operation. He had a pretty uh, successful business. Lastly, the text notes the presence of hired servants. When Jesus found James and John, therefore, they were probably engaged in their life's work, a family business in which much toil and money had been invested. This description of their affluence heightens the tension they must have felt as Jesus approached them. It is also possible that these aspirations to financial success help explain how they later so misunderstood the call to follow Jesus that they could presumptuously ask to sit one on his right hand and the other on his left in glory. They must have thought they might have been important. These fishermen had much to learn about becoming fishers of men. Jesus called these brothers in a similar manner as Simon and Andrew. The word used to describe their leaving is the same in both cases, and it's the Greek word aphentes, and it emphasizes the completeness with which they abandoned their occupations. The image is of such a sudden departure that they did not even finish mending the nets on which they were working but left their father and the servants in astonishment. They may not have understood all that Jesus' call would require of them, but Jesus' call was so compelling at that moment that they forsook all to go after Jesus. What is that? Repentance. Can you imagine? Now, see, we look back and we go, well, yeah, it was Jesus. Of course they left. Of course they did. But they didn't see him like we see him. He looked average, but yet when he spoke, the anointing upon the words hit. And you went, oh, I got to go. Come on. <laughs> How many have been in addictions or different things in your past, and you heard the word, and the anointing went, wham. And you went, oh, I got to go. I got to get out of here. If you haven't experienced Jesus like that, you need to. Because that's who he is. And maybe you, didn't, maybe you don't come from any sort of back. Maybe you're raised in church all your life. And you think, man, I don't know if I've ever experienced that. You need to believe for it. You need to believe that when he speaks, you hear and it goes, oh, okay, we got to go. Imagine, imagine James and John. 
Their dad's there. Their servants are there. This is a whole lifestyle. This is every, this is, I'm, I'm to take over the family business. And Jesus says, come. Do you know what the answer is to all the distractions that you're facing about, with, about following Jesus and what he's asked you to do? John chapter 21. You say, what's in John chapter 21? That's where Peter and Jesus are having a conversation. And Jesus tells Peter to follow him and pay attention to him. And Peter looks over at John right after he got, just got done being told to follow him. How many can relate? And, and says, what about John? And Jesus said, if I want him to stay until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So you say, what is the answer then, preacher? The answer is, you follow him. Yeah, but this prophet said I was, I don't care if it's the most well-known prophet in all the land and you have goosebumps double parked on you when they're prophesying over you, you better make sure that you heard from the Lord first. Because I don't care if it's me, I don't care, and I prophesy, guys. I'll give you a prophetic word if I feel like I, it doesn't matter. If God doesn't say, yes, that's you, then leave it. Maybe it'll be 10 years from now. You'll know inside of you. Lastly, what happens when you repent? And we'll end this series right here. What happens when you repent? Spiritual growth. Repentance is a turning of my whole being and way to life, a way, way of life to the Lord in obedience to his character within me. One of the great benefits of living a repentant life is spiritual growth. Spiritual growth should be the main focus of every person in the body of Christ. Everyone. Sadly, there are many who have been saved for years and have had no significant spiritual growth. Many times, believers are seeking freedom in their lives in different areas by going, through, going to special meetings or hoping someone will lay hands on them and make their problem go away. But the reality is their freedom is found in spiritual maturity. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1 says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead. Do you realize that the resurrection of the dead is an elementary principle? Man and of eternal judgment. And this will we will do if God permits. Paul speaking. I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. There's arguments, but that's what I believe. So if we are leaving the discussion of the elementary principles, then we are what? We are repenting. Repentance is an elementary principle. When you see in the Word that, you're, that, that God has given you a particular way to live, and he's given you the power to do so, and you choose not to follow that in action, that's when you get into trouble, and that's when repentance is not taking place. Many of the issues that we face, guys, will be solved through spiritual maturity. I'll put it to you like this, because we live in this era and this day, and these are the words people like, and all this kind of stuff. But 
it makes more sense. I think it'll make more sense to you. It, the, many of the issues that we're facing are simply resolved through fellowship and intimacy with the Lord. When you have fellowship and intimacy with the Lord, you will, you will develop spiritually. You begin to, when you're close to God, you'll know when you're going, when something's not right. No, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. I don't know which direction. I don't know. No, we got to, okay, got to back up, stop. Look at what's going on. Why are we having these issues? What's happening? And then proceed as the Lord leads you. So the most significant thing that will take place in your life, and I don't, man, I, I wish I could, again, open up your head and dump it in. I want you, I have such a desire for this, such a desire for you to, to experience maturity in Christ. It answers so, you know, guys, there are times I've had issues in my body, and just through fellowship with the Lord, I didn't even pray anything specific. Just by continuing to follow the Lord and work and, and fellowship with Him, it just left. Never to have an issue again. I've had issues at times in my finances because I wasn't fellowshipping with the Lord like I should have. And then I fellowship with the Lord. He shows us what to do. Heidi and I make adjustments. Bam. Fixes it. We've had issues in our marriage. And, and we, you know, how many know in marriage it's two separate people with two separate wills coming together? And, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, marriage is a, is a 50-50 proposition. <laughs> I have the interpretation of that tongue. That's a lie. Don't believe it. <laughs> Marriage is I'm dead, you live, you're dead, I live. Marriage is I, you get all of me and I get all of you. So that means you can't have secrets. We're going to have to get a new pulpit. <laughs> You don't have a secret life that your spouse doesn't know about. Oh my goodness. You say, why do you have to say that? I don't know. Somebody needs it. You, you want your relationship and your faith to work. People say, well, it would be hard. <laughs> Harder than the harvest of sin? Now, I know there are different circumstances. I'm talking generally here. Repentance is a must. And like I was saying with me and Heidi, the greatest our marriage has gotten better not because we've done a marriage conference every year. It's because we've grown in our relationship with the Lord. It is the only way. You can know all the love languages. And if you express them perfectly, but your, you or your spouse doesn't grow up spiritually, the devil will warp it. Your flesh will get in there and mess the thing up. There are people in marriages that are loving the other person because they're afraid they're going to leave. That's not love. 
That's fear motivating you to do something. <laughs> oh, we live in such a confused world. We need these answers. We need the spirit of resurrection. Amen? Why don't you stand? We're going to do some announcements at the end, but I want to give an altar call. Do you just want to come up here with me and then we can do it that way? (laughs) Hallelujah. Did you get anything? Guys, God is so good to us. We, we, here, this is what, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to read something to you, but I just don't want anybody looking around because I want to give people an opportunity to give their heart to the Lord. And I want to read this to you just real quick. And I want you to hear this by the Holy Spirit. It says this. It says, uh, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God. You can have all things of God in your life today, this morning. And as scripture says, who has reconciled us or made us right uh, to himself through Jesus Christ. So you're made right to God the Father through Jesus. And it says he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You say, what is reconciliation, preacher? Why would I want to give my heart to Jesus? Reconciliation is that God was in Christ reconciling or making you peer to him, back to him, clean. Um, and he reconciled the world to himself, not counting your sins against you. God is not counting your sins against you. Now, the scripture says this in verse 20. Now then I, we, are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. So God's pleading through me, through me right now to you if you're not born again. We implore you on Christ's behalf. On Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now watch this. You say all of this, this reconciliation word, what does it mean? It means this. It means God who had no sin was made sin, made Jesus sin on your behalf so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You say, what is reconciliation? What is receiving the gospel? What is the good news? The good news is Jesus took every one of your sins so that you could be all of his righteousness. And maybe you're in here this morning and you don't know that. Or you're watching online, you can let us know. And you want to know that. You want, you say, that doesn't even seem fair. You're right, it's not fair, it's faith. It's grace. You say, God is extending to me. He's not mad at me. He knows what I did in secret. He knows all those things. And yet he still is extending an olive branch of peace to me. Yes. He would rather... Have his, he would have rather and did have his son go through what he went through so he could have you than live without you. He loves you. Now, what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity. If you've, you've either backslidden, you need to give your heart back to Jesus because you're convicted right now by the Holy Spirit, or you've never given your heart to Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at because I want to pray with you where you're at. Be bold. Be bold about it. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss it. Glory to God. And maybe you know you are saved. Maybe there isn't anybody that's not saved in here. But man, I have a strong pull. Yeah, I see one. Thank you. 
Anybody else? This is your no-so experience. You say, what do you mean? You're going to have a whole nature change take place. A miracle inside of you will take place right now. Just by the prayer of faith. It's going to be awesome. All right. We got one. Praise God. I'll take them. Let's pray together, shall we? Say this with me. Say, Father God, I come before you not worthy, but I know that Jesus took all of my sin so I could have all of your righteousness, your purity, God, your cleanness, your cleansing power flowing through me. I believe Jesus is the Son of God, that He paid the full price for my sins, and I receive Him as my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, I open my heart. Thank You for the work You're doing in me. I am now a child of God on my way to heaven. And I will grow in my relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you prayed that prayer after the service, we'll have altar care workers up here. Please come up and uh, get a new believers packet from us, if you would. And uh, we can get some information into your hands. We love you guys. If you need prayer for anything else, um, you know, you gave your heart to the Lord, but any other kind of prayer, there's going to be prayer workers up here, and they're going to make their way up now. Bless you guys. Have a great week. God is good. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.